0: marketing made easy the podcast on this episode
1: have you always been a bit geeky
0: very rude suggesting that i am now yeah unbelievable
1: <laughs> just flirting with you
0: <laughs> yeah oh yeah it's definitely, it's definitely working anita <laughs> now here are your hosts from get savvy club anna geary and anita baldwin
1: hello there welcome to marketing made easy i'm anita baldwin i'm here with anna geary and we are the get savvy club and you are listening to our podcast So today we've got an interview with the awesome Matt Duggan, who actually um, is our Facebook ad strategist. And um, Facebook ads, I think there's a massive misnomer around Facebook ads in that um, Facebook, mate, you think they're really easy. And so we've finally got a definitive answer on the, shall I boost? Shall I not boost? What does boost even bloody well mean? Um, And then Matt also is going to talk about um, funnels because you know Anna people are always going on about funnels in marketing and lots of people are like what even is a funnel do i need it how does it help me where do i get one yeah it's the journey really i like to, i think it's better if you can explain it like a
2: journey rather than funnel but yeah i get it like so the journey, the customer journey what how does your customer go from being completely unknown they don't know you they don't really care about you to actually getting to know like and trust you and then going on to buy from you yeah
1: so obviously podcasts Our podcasts are like our children and we don't have favorites but if we did this would be one of mine because it's really interesting. Anyway let's get into it.
0: If you're enjoying Marketing Made Easy, the podcast from Get Savvy Club, use your podcast app to rate, review and subscribe. I run a digital marketing agency that specializes in Facebook ads for small business owners and we also do social media marketing as well so there is a bit of a crossover between what you teach and what we actually implement for people. I guess that's the the crossover really and the main thing that we help specialise... is to make sure that people have uh, ads that take people all the way through the journey of their business and maybe we'll get into talking about that journey a bit later and also that people are not creating social media just for the sake of it that they are creating it with a real reason there is a uh, you know a a reason to be a raison d'etre for those those posts that go out and for those ads that go out and that everything is part of the funnel and we'll maybe talk about what that means and what funnels kind of look like and how they should work with with advertising but that's essentially the the potted history I suppose of what we do right now for for clients
1: what I'm really interested in is I think there's like a massive disconnect in that Facebook kind of try and give this image that using Facebook ads is really easy just press boost and then your ad will go out to all these people and you can make loads of money and everyone thinks you know we
0: to be honest I'm winging it
1: (laughs) don't know what you're doing but we have we we work with loads of small business um people who like doing it on their own running it going I'm going to try Facebook ads and I always kind of say well you know Facebook ads isn't as easy as that and you can blow a lot of money in a short space of time and if you're not getting those results you want organically taking it online is madness but often I can't even explain to people why Facebook ads is so complicated because it's so bloody complicated I don't even know where to start
0: yeah and getting more complicated by the day
1: (laughs) So when you talk to us about certain things, because you do our ads for us, which is how we know you, and you talk to us about doing certain things, and a lot of the time, I've got no idea what you're talking about. I'm just happy that you obviously do, and I'm nodding at you. So, you know, why, what are the things, if if I'm sitting here at home with my own business thinking I'm going to do some ads, I'm going to press that boost button, I'm going to do some ads, what are the things I need to be thinking about that um, could potentially be a pitfall that I could waste a lot of money on?
0: Well, first of all, I feel like we need to address the the problem that we've just identified of the fact that my client is now not actually listening to anything I'm saying.
1: <laughs> I listen, Matt. I, I listen,
2: listen. I, I listen. It's not I I was to
0: do? So I can see the slightly glazed expression when I start when I mention pixels. You both just sort of wander off in your brains. That's fine. I get it. Um, I do that.
2: That's nothing to do with Facebook lab, That's just standard across the board for me. I'll see you like a robin in the garden and then you've lost me.
0: (laughs) So I think one of the things that that it's worth sort of pointing out to people is, yes, Facebook ads can look very straightforward and very easy. Because if you just do boosting of posts, then essentially it is, you know, it is quite straightforward. You know, you go in there, you choose your audience, uh, you decide how long you're going to run it for, how much you're going to spend And that's kind of it, really. But the the fact is that those boosted posts are generally not there to help you. They're there to help Facebook to monetize you as a business owner. They're there to make it easy and make it seem simple. And they do a great job of it because everyone does that every so often. We've all done it, you know, uh, of that little, oh, I might as well just, you know, I'll boost it and see what happens. Great, you've just given Facebook some more money. Now you might get results from that, but it's worth understanding what it is that you're actually saying to Facebook when you run those posts. Now, nowadays, it's slightly different, but up, up until relatively recently, you actually couldn't choose what that boost did. So it's worth noting that with Facebook, when you use Ads Manager, which is the proper platform you know for using Facebook ads, that's a platform which is built to do a number of different things and to optimize for a number of different things. When you boost a post, by default, what you're normally optimizing for is getting more engagement on that post. You're not going to necessarily get loads of people to go from that post to your website to buy your product. It's not quite as easy as that. And this is the the problem. Most people seem to think that Facebook ads and, and actually lots of digital advertising and digital media generally is magic. It's like we just turn it on, run it to our offer, we get make loads of money, we'll all be millionaires by next year, Rodney. It's that sort of approach that people have. And it's rubbish because... They haven't thought about what's the, the funnel. They haven't thought about introducing themselves to their audience first if they don't know them already because there has to be that no like, and trust mm. setup. So you have to introduce yourself first and show what value you have to those people, like hopefully I'm doing now on this podcast. You have to explain that because if no one's ever heard of me before in your, in your world, which they probably haven't, then I've got to kind of establish myself and establish that I know what I'm talking about and that I can explain it in a way that makes people understand it. And that hopefully doesn't make them glaze over when I start talking about some of the more finer details. And when you when you do that boost, what you're really doing is you're saying to Facebook, I want more engagement on that post. Now, if that's your goal, great. But for most business owners, they actually have deeper goals than that. They want to not just get the engagement, but they want to get people to sign up as you know leads or completed registrations in their business where they've actually given their name and email. And this is where we talk about different parts of the funnel. So there's the top of the funnel, middle of the funnel and the bottom of the funnel. And think of it as a funnel shape. So the most people are at the top part of that funnel. Most people are coming into the top of your world and they're trying to find out whether they should get to know you and like you and trust you. Once they've done that, then they go into the middle of the funnel. This is where they might actually start to consider working with you and they might actually have already signed up. So during that initial open top of the funnel bit, they might have signed up for free for something. Then you have to nurture them in that middle section of the funnel, and that's where you might you know make some small offers. And then there's the main thing that you wanna sell them, which is at the bottom of the funnel that you're trying to take them to. But what people don't realize is it's not just one funnel. There are multiple funnels in every business. So if you have, for example, a Uh, an advert that's running to a freebie that you're, you're giving away, but they have to give their name and email in exchange for it. That in itself is like a mini funnel because you have to make them aware that you exist, aware that the product, the download exists, explain to them why they should consider downloading it, and then ultimately get them to download it. That's the conversion at the end of the funnel. So in Facebook, you talk a lot about awareness, consideration, and conversion. Those are the three steps in every sort of mini funnel and then your whole business is a, a sort of a major funnel in itself where at the top you've got the freebies the middle bit you've got the the mid-level products and the bottom bit you've got the main thing you're launching or selling or whatever so boosting's fine if you want to just get engagement but to me personally I think it's a complete waste of money I think you're much better off going off after things that are not quite such you know that uh, people use the term vanity metric which often people who use those terms are people who actually can't get big numbers in the first place so I think it's a bit of a cop out sometimes but I, I use it in in these sort of terms because literally you can get tons and tons of views for example which is another thing you can optimize for via boost you can say to Facebook boost this and give me more views but those those views don't necessarily convert to anything no. they're just more views and those also the way the way Facebook counts a view is it's three seconds long. So, if you can get someone to watch for more than three seconds, that's one view. But if your video is a minute long, they didn't consume anything; they stayed for four yeah, seconds rubbish. and then left. Yeah. Or even if they stayed for ten seconds and left, that's not a that's not helpful to you. It Doesn't help your business. It makes the numbers look good, but it's the wrong number. If you're getting people on your email list that you can market to again, or even that you're getting get, getting them to your website where you can retarget them again, and maybe we'll talk about that as well. Or you get them to actually buy something, now we're talking. But just don't try and, you know, it's, it's an old adage, but sort of don't try and get married to them on the first date. Don't try and sell them something straight off the bat because it, it just makes you look desperate. So yeah. things fine if you just want the very top-level engagement bit and nothing else. But even then, there's still better ways to get it if you use proper Facebook ads.
2: When I had I the recruitment business, I always I used to mess up. I used to do lives way back in the day before anybody else was daring to press the live button. So yeah. I'd, I'd go live and I'd be talking about like something to do with the recruitment thing. And then stupidly, like on a Friday or something, I'd be like, I oh, you know what I'm just gonna post I'm just gonna boost this
1: post. Yeah,
2: yeah. So I'd boost it and obviously it'd be boosted across the weekend when all the boozy people and I wouldn't necessarily target the I'd just have a laugh on Monday like at work about all the people that trolled me on the video, but that's not useful. I get that. No. It was just a source of amusement for me. Yeah. Um,
1: <laughs> because you're like that.
2: I know not everyone would like that kind of, but it did, it made me laugh, like some of the things, some of the things people said or whatever. And then I'd like have banter back at them and be like, oh, well, I've checked your profile out and you look like this one. So it's not really, it's not a good thing
0: to- It's a very, very niche reference for, uh, or niche uh, usage, I should say. Yeah, for, um... I don't think...
1: Can you not optimize for trolling?
0: no i don't think you
1: can weirdly no fill up your weekend a bit (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so that's just a way not to do it but it's
2: so tempting because facebook do they're so clever aren't they They they'll just go this is getting more engagement than any others do you want to boost it and they kind of they're very clever at like trying to get you to think oh yeah actually you're right that was a good live i will boost that one and you would you'd get loads of views but like you say views from people that are irrelevant and not really you know but that was just it you know back then i was just just a new button to press to test and whatnot let's, so
0: hold on a second though. let's just talk about that because you you can be targeted in mm-hmm. those in, in what you do so you can press the boost button and you can choose an audience yeah and you can choose quite a targeted group of people but again it's what you know when it comes to engagement the, it's worth noting that Facebook has tons of data on every single person who is on Facebook, who's got an Instagram profile or a Facebook profile. They literally have thousands of individual data points on every single user. And they're updating those data points on a daily, usually much much more often than that basis, usually hourly or you know by the minute, depending on what you do online. So they have a very clear idea at any one time, who are the people who are most likely to engage? But the people who are most likely to engage are not the ones who are necessarily most likely to do whatever action it is you want them to do, like to go and visit your website, sign up, et cetera. give you their money. To give you their money ultimately. But that's something which you can again optimize for. So if you install the Facebook pixel on your website and then you run an advert that optimizes for a particular event, when you get that event, so let's say for example, you give away a free download and you want to get more people to that download you could still boost the post but remember the boosting is is only about getting engagement really it's not really about getting any results or clicks to your website so in my opinion i think they're largely worthless i think there are lots of things you can do better and you can still get that level of engagement on an ad that's designed to get traffic to your website it just has to be a well-written advert it has yeah. to be engaging it has to you know give people a reason to comment or people to get involved but generally speaking you want to run all of your ads through ads manager even if you might think listening to this you might think oh you can't be bothered i don't want to learn it well you know one there's people out there who can run them for you you can go on to upwork and find some great people you can find agencies like mine there are people out there who can do it for you but also you can learn it relatively easily. It's not too difficult to do, but you'll immediately see there are way more options on there. And those options are your friend. They might feel overwhelming, but those options are your friend because that's when you can start to optimize for specific events, which you can't do as clearly through the the boosting setup. You just can't mm-hmm. optimize for a particular thing. So you know you can optimize for views or engagement or I think there's one other thing, but they're all to do with engagement ultimately. And you know, if you wanna boost something and make it look like it's got loads of views, great, but what have you really achieved there? You know, Unless the video was good, like this is what I always say to people is that it's nothing to do really with the marketing as much as it's to do with the content. If your content's rubbish or if your products are rubbish, really good marketing will just make them fail faster. Yeah. So it's more about having a really good product and a really good you know, social media strategy which I know you can you know, help people with, that's something which it's more important to do because then that way you're in a position to show your value to then bring people to your website, to get them to trust you, to get them to download the thing, and then they they should start to feel like they're going through a process with you, being held by that by the hand, and not just watching a video and then never hearing from you again, which is kind of what the boost approach is is doing. So I personally wouldn't boost anything these days. I would just do it where it's uh, you're you're doing it through Ads Manager, and although you can be be specific, you can be way more specific. Like for example, you know, I can target all the people who've engaged with me on any of the social platforms. Instagram or Facebook uh, in the last 14 days or like 30 days, or the people who've added something to their shopping cart but haven't finished the checkout process, uh, or people who got to the stage of adding their payment information but didn't finish the checkout process or people who looked at a specific product so I can retarget them with other specific products that are like the one that they looked at. Like there's so many more things you can do which are such a better use of your money than especially on a budget where you're a small business and you've not won the lottery yet.
1: If you don't understand that, that boosting is about engagement, you'll do that, not make any sales, think, well, I've tried Facebook ads, it doesn't work for my business and discount this whole amazing thing that could potentially work for you. Yeah, and you didn't
0: try Facebook ads, that's not what you did. You tried boosting Mm. posts, which are there designed to get money from you and designed to make you think, think that Facebook ads are easy. And don't get me wrong, they've also been, I'm sure boosting posts has probably been a gateway to people going from just boosting to actually running proper ads through ads manager. But I'm also sure there's lots of people, like the ones you just mentioned, Anita, where they've just written it all off and gone, oh, I boosted a post and nothing happened. I didn't make loads of money. So as a result, I didn't do it. Well, you're an idiot if you did that then, because you didn't. You just didn't pay any attention, unless you're on the troll uh, hunt like Anna is, in which case then you're just doing it for your own entertainment.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's why we started the Get Savvy Club, just so she could be out
2: there more to be trolled. <laughs> if you can't get people to buy from you organically, Mm. exactly it's the same as what you said there in terms of like failing fast bad marketing is bad marketing no matter how yeah. much money you put behind it and things and i think that's what we're all about is to help people get that get it all aligned and right organically first before you start adding like i don't know like say this create create yourself a podcast mm. get yourself a facebook ads, yeah. yeah. do the failures
1: for free first
2: yeah yeah,
0: you start
1: them
0: them. yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly free. Don't pay for
2: your failures.
0: It was one of those things. I always talk about ads as being um, a bit like alcohol with people. Like they they just, that they're an enhancer of what you already are. So if your business isn't set up to be very good or isn't set up to sell or isn't set up to be successful or hasn't made sales from people, quote, unquote, naturally or organically, then when you add an extra thing that just enhances the features of it, it's just going to fail quicker. It's like you're, mm-hmm. you're just more of a whatever it is you are currently when you're drunk.
2: I'm even more of a twat. Well, that's a good—that's
0: a good bit of self-awareness and self-knowledge. But that's it, right? It's just one of those things. So, just it's just an enhancer, but it only enhances the thing that you've already got there. And if the thing you've got there doesn't work, it's not—it's just going to work more, or not going. Sorry, it's going to work or not work more when you Mm. put more money behind it.
1: See, it's amazing, isn't it? The amount of information that's because that's the beauty. You talked briefly about retargeting, so the beauty of ads and Facebook is that it knows everything people are doing and you know we know we don't just see something and buy it generally it's unusual that we do that we see it we see it again and again and again and again and then we start to notice it and then we think about what we want and then so the first few times you see something you don't even know you've seen it mostly so the beauty of Facebook ads isn't it is that all of that is like tagged Everything we're doing is tagged. So if we click on something and show an interest in anything, it's all tagged. And so we can use that information to target people that might potentially be interested or potentially buy from us using Facebook.
0: Yeah. And like a really powerful thing is what we talked about is retargeting. And Mm. actually, we talked about this earlier in a meeting that we had where we talked about the idea of putting, uh, you know, people, sending people to a, a sales page for a particular offer. And then if they don't buy when they hit that page, when they leave, What do we put in front of them instead? Well, sending them back directly back to the same page doesn't make much sense because they didn't buy the first time when you put it in front of them. So what makes you think they're going to buy again unless you give them different context for it? But if you put a video or several videos of ads in front of people where you say, meet, I don't know, just picking her name out of the hat, let's say meet Sonia, right? Sonia did our course, did this, now she's doing really well. Here's her chatting about how brilliant she thought Get Savvy Club was. And then she's on camera chatting about it And then we send them back to the sales page now there's a different context with which they're going back to the page you didn't create anything new on the page you didn't do anything different on your website you gave them a different context and a different frame with which to view that sales page so now they they get to trust it more and as you say they've seen it the first time maybe they clocked it maybe they went to visit the page and now we can just retarget the people who've been on that page in the last seven days because the closer they are or the closer we are with our advertising to when they were last on the page the warmer they're gonna be for us. you know. If they were there three months ago, they're probably not even gonna remember they visited the page. But if they were there in the last four or five days, we know that they're gonna be warm to the message because they must remember it. It was only a few days ago. And okay, we get bombarded by stuff all the time, but if the page was relevant enough for them to click through from the ad in the first place, they must have been interested. They must be interested in that topic so let's retarget them with something that shows them more of the benefits, more of the value, gives them some insights. You know, does something that that Sh- as I shows say, that really shows injured. the
2: eighties 80s, eighties uh, 80s pop legend Sonia saying how great we are. That's what yeah. I've got visions of.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's I Sonia off
2: of the. 80s. Remember, what, her, the
0: what was that one hit wonder? She was uh, yeah. Never stopped me
1: from loving you.
0: Ah, uh, so yeah, she, I was in love with. Oh Sonia
1: God, now it's going yeah. through my head. <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: that's why someone like you, Matt, is an ad strategist. Because that's why you almost need someone else, because it's all that thinking of how do people behave and what will influence them and understanding all these different strategies of how to use Facebook ads to ultimately get the sale, which is why we're using them at the end of the day, isn't it? You can use ads manager yourself, but
2: it's like anything, you know, uh, you, you could use do all sorts of things yourself, couldn't you? But it's better if you let if somebody else already does it all day, every single day, and has done for yeah. every year, surely they're going to be able to identify and get to where you need to be with it, rather
1: than you try and faff and work it out yourself. But your ethos, Matt, isn't it, is that Facebook <laughs> ads should pay for itself. Um, it should pay for the your ad strategist, and it should pay for the ads at least, and then you should start to make money from it.
0: But that's a really important thing, especially if you have like a membership, and you can cover your costs on the first month, then anything you make after that is now in profit. So, I mean, okay, there's other costs in your business, but you want to make sure that, yeah, the ad spend itself is paying for itself and that your return on ad spend is anything over one. So it's measured via numbers like everything else in Ads Manager. And the number you're looking for is anything over one. If you have anything over one, what that means is that you're getting a pound back for every pound you spend. Whereas if you get, like, let's say it was down to, you know, 0.5, that means you're getting 50p back for every pound you spend, which obviously means you're going to be operating at a loss. Now, there's reasons why you might run ads like that to get them into the early part of the funnel, but fundamentally, the whole account needs to be over one, Um, ideally, needs to be up in the two, threes, fours, you know, around that sort of area. And that way you're that's when it's really exciting because then for every pound you're spending, you're getting two or three pounds back. Well, I don't know about you, and it doesn't sound like a lot of money, but I would do that all day long once yeah. I got to that stage. Like I'd a money going,
2: machine once you get it once you get yeah. it working the right it way. It is, and it's
0: it's one of those things that lots of people say, I won't use the word I would normally use for them because I don't know whether I can be polite or rude on this podcast. I didn't ask it you. Always
2: it, it always gets an E, it always gets
0: an E. But the O oh, does it <laughs>
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> always go explicit. <laughs> well, it's those mouth people. geary. Oh yeah, so of course. You yeah.
2: To you? <laughs> yeah. <No. laughs> I haven't so, used the T word so far. You haven't? I have used the T word in this, haven't I? So oh the T it, we'll, word. We'll okay. have an e.
0: Oh I thought we said something it's else. Um, so yeah, well i will refrain from slagging off of, of people, but I think it's <laughs> when it when it comes to uh to doing that, I think there is a temptation to you know, to just to do ads almost for the sake of doing ads because someone's told you to. And, you know, it's used by people in the industry who want to tell you that it's a magic money machine. Those things don't exist, right? Hopefully everyone's understood that by now. Although lots of people haven't, otherwise those things would, would you know, not be being sold anymore, but they still are. So people must still be buying it. But that idea that, you know, Facebook ads can be a money machine. Well, actually it's true. It just requires a lot more work than it might be being presented as looking like right now, if that makes any sense.
1: Realistically, the average business owner that's really busy in their business um, and not quite technically minded or not kind of geeky and want to get into this, they're not going to make it work themselves because you've got to put too much time and effort in.
0: Probably not realistically, no. And it's uh, unless that becomes their if that's their only way of driving traffic, which if it is, I'm worried for them for a number of reasons, but it's, you know, because they should have other ways of driving traffic. They shouldn't put put all their eggs in one basket. But I do think that, uh, yeah, you should be outsourcing it as much as you can because it's so complicated. And like, I saw someone recently say, it was another marketer say, you know, anyone who says they're a marketing expert, isn't an expert because it changes so fast. You can't, you can't possibly be. keep up with it. You know, like you can't be a marketing expert. Can you imagine how many disciplines that that takes in? It's crazy. Even so, being so a often ad- we're
2: telling people that's why we have the academy because so often we're telling people well, we don't we don't do that. We can't do we can't know that that you know we can't no. know Facebook as, as well as SEO as well. You know, you just can't know it all. You just have to have your bit that you're
0: no better, like I was better than doing-
1: everybody else. That
2: uh, you know overall. I
1: started in marketing in the nineties and we used to do we used to do some T V ads, we'd do a lot of direct mail, um, you know, inserts, leaflets and there was no tech at all. And then, you know, um, as the marketing assistant, I had the one computer that had the website on it that you used to have to go. Well, oh, let's have a read of the website and see if it's all working. Yeah, and literally, so even in you know my short life span, it has changed so that now to be a marketer you have to be a techie little bit to a certain. Even though that's the bit I struggle with to a certain extent. So yeah, God knows where it's going to end up. You I have really. to at
0: least understand it, right? There. It's yeah. going to frighten people to say you've got to be a techie because lots of people immediately get terrified. And certainly the market that I know you serve, you know, a lot of people within your, your world feel like they might have, you know, missed the boat or they've kind of missed out on the opportunity to get on social media or they're have past it or whatever. None of which is true, right? You're, like, there's, there's people on social media who are in their 80s and 90s who are killing it. But it's a different attitude. And it's got to be the attitude of I'm going to do the thing that I'm really good at and the thing that I can excel at and I'm going to outsource everything else. And if you can't afford to outsource it, do the the minimum version of whatever it is you need to do to get to that point where you can outsource it and then outsource the hell out of it. And don't be thinking you've got to do SEO and Facebook ads and uh, direct mail and, you know, ads in newspapers. I don't know why anyone does that anymore. But anyway, they do. And, you know, all the other types of things you have to do because ultimately you only really need a few things to be successful. You need uh, traffic to your offer. You need a really great offer and you need an audience to sell that to. Yeah. It's kind of it. You need to, you know, it's it's that old you know adage of, you know, this marketing is just you know putting the right message in front of the right people at the right time that's all it really is and that that hasn't changed it's just now the method of delivery has got quicker and more effective and more nerdy and geeky and techy but hence me but you know it's 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 not really changed that much and i think the thing that you asked me earlier about this about you know what is it and probably i'm preempting a question here but you talked about what is it that makes you savvy in your in your world and i was thinking about this and i think one of the things for me is that i understand I understand the kind of psychology of what people are going through at those different times in the buying cycle. And I know how to translate that into the tech side of things, which is the bit that everyone just gets terrified by. So I think it's that, that crossover of Having been there and done it for my own business back in the day, or my own, you know, I was I was a performer back in the day and used used. I was going to ask you, what
2: did you do before? I know you do because you, 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 you do voiceovers sometimes for us in our meetings, messing about. Yeah. So I know, <laughs> I know I do, you've got yeah. some good voices going on there. I do. So want what to, did you do before?
0: I was an, well, I was an actor and a magician.
2: So what
1: kind of magic did you do then?
0: I was a close-up magician. I used to do things Excellent. for um, corporate events and private parties and weddings, and I was you that in the magic guy going circle? around. Yeah, I was. Yeah, Um, I was. I'm not anymore. I did it for about 10 years and I did it alongside acting as well. But it kind of didn't really that that mix didn't really work terribly well because, you know, you're either doing a show performing as a magician at an event which are at night or you're doing a show which is also at night so it wasn't like i could perform during the day and then go and do my job at night so
1: do you mind having your wedding at 10 in the morning so that i can do the magic which
0: occasionally they would like at weekends you'd be (laughs) laughing because then you could do a gig during the day and do a wedding and then you go and do you know a corporate do at night or a a, you know nightclub or whatever which was that was cool but and i got you know i got flown to some very cool places i performed i was part of the um This is me just, this is massive name drops now. Get ready for the the clanging noise as I drop names. I love a name Um, drop. But I, so I performed at Buckingham Palace a couple of times. Um, I was there for, For I was nine, no, not for the Queen, sadly. I was there, I was 19 when I got this gig. So this was a long time ago now. Mm. Um, I, I was actually this is a random story i don't know if we've got time for this but yeah let's throw it in whatever yes. i was i was performing at this tiny little gig in the middle of nowhere, uh in a little village in bedfordshire so i grew up in bedford and I was out in a tiny little village and it was this random little thing I'd been booked for, which was to do magic at this event, which was a, a walk around uh, kind of magic thing where everyone was sat at tables. And it was basically it was like this this night where everyone from this church thing would bring a dessert and they'd all just have dessert together for the night. Oh, Quite a lovely thing. Like, fun. Like, yeah, yeah. It sounds club. awesome. <laughs> really sweet, right? Really lovely, and all these you know little old dears come along, having made these incredible cakes. It was great. So I, I got a boat for this gig, thinking nothing of it. Turns out, one of the people who was at this this thing was a, a producer for BBC Music Live, mm-hmm. and they were the ones organising the Queen's Golden Jubilee in the Gardens of Buckingham Palace. This was the I remember. You
2: yeah, remember that? I you? Thought, yeah, because I won. Everyone was annoyed with me because I won. It was like a postcode lottery to get to yeah, go, yeah, and was, I went. Yeah. Two thousand and two, wasn't it?
0: yeah it was a ballot i was at university in paris at the time so Mm. i had to come back on the train when i got booked for the gig i had to go to the bbc to do an audition in front of the bbc music live person uh who was was there uh got the door held for me on the way out by ricky gervais that was a fun moment Uh, yeah it was just the office just broken i think around that time so it was quite it was one of those oh it's that bloke kind of thing (laughs) um but yeah i um I didn't do it like that, like Paul Daniels, though. I didn't know that. So I got to, I interviewed him, though, once. I had a radio show about magic at one oh. point as well. And I was doing, uh, I did an interview with Paul Daniels and Debbie McGee. It was quite quite a surreal experience because oh. I watched him on the telly when I was growing up. That's how I got into it. What was uh, your
1: magician that. name?
0: it's just me. It was just my, my own name was like, I it wasn't like the great, you know, Cardini or whatever. Cause that was taken mm. to be fair by a much better magician than me. But, um, it was, yeah, no, I, I just went under my own name because no one cares they're, like they're there to see the entertainment. They're not, I wasn't like a stage act or anything like that. Yeah. So yeah, but I got, yeah, booked Buckingham Palace a couple of times and then was flown to Dubai to do a few things, did a car launch out in Dubai. The new, uh, C class was being launched by the Emirates motor company and we did a gig mm. for them, um, uh, flown out to air to Dubai to perform for a month at a time uh, in this mad place, like Mall of the Emirates. Don't know if you've ever been there. Uh, mm. it's, it's just a it's a mecca for consumerism. It's a crazy place. But they were flying out magicians on a, on the regular from London to perform there. So
2: at the palace, then what? What was your when were you doing that bit? When we where were you doing your so?
0: Because so then did of you
2: get one of those hampers? We all got no. a hamper. Didn't did you not get no, no, one? No. I still got mine.
0: We didn't get anything. No, no, no you I would have come anything. in and you'd have sat on the grass uh, outside in the garden, which is near where the, actually talking of name drops, I'll give you a really good one if, you've, if you're if you interested in name drops. So we were, before any of you were allowed in, we were all sitting around in the, in the stalls where they were doing like the sound check and they were sound checking all the artists. Now that was the gig of all gigs, right? Mm-hmm. The people who were booked for that gig were the biggest names. So we were watching the sound check and I promise you this is true. It sounds like a lie, but this was ex- exactly what happened. Um, film uh, Paul McCartney was sound checking, and he did a bit of "Hey Jude" just on his uh, acoustic, like just really cool. In the wings is Rod Stewart and Penny Lancaster. Sat, sat on the drums is Phil Collins, and over in the corner doing his sound check is Kermit the Frog. <laughs> Promise,
2: you I, it
0: sounds like it sounds like a fever dream but it's absolutely what happened <laughs> so one of the other magicians but was dominic wood who was mm-hmm. on tv at the time uh so he was dick and dom he's the the oh, dom yeah, yeah. I like him so he was a magician for a long time as well and he'd been booked for it i'd been booked for it and several other performers um from the uk so yeah so they he you yeah, know they were mates they he'd interviewed them and everything so they were just chatting about and i was just like oh hello i was like 19 little <laughs> How <cool> is that?
1: <laughs> So, so what yeah. happened? Why did you go from all of that glitz and glamour to <laughs> Facebook? Ads?
0: Because because most of it wasn't glitz and glamour. It's most not of really it was glamour, No, it? those are I'm giving you the highlights of a 10-year career that was not not anywhere near that glamorous at all. Uh, really conscious most- decision
1: to say, right, I'm gonna stop this now and do something. Do you know
0: what it was? Things. It was to do with the fact that I wanted a business and I realized that I wanted something that would run without me being there and that the mm-hmm. hand to mouth existence that I had as a performer where sometimes it would be amazing like christmases were literally like all my christmases had come at once because I was performing every single day and yeah it was you know it's it's uh, harder work than it might sound but to be to be you know entertaining performing every night throughout the whole of december fact, usually from the middle of november was was awesome then january and february would be dry like mm-hmm. you'd be there'd be very little going on because who books an event in the first two weeks of january nobody no. Yeah. So it's you know unless you're unless you're somehow booked for the sales at Harrods you're not going to get anyone to see what you do so you have to find other ways to to promote yourself and during that time I got very good at SEO I was very good at promoting myself on Google because it was I mean it was easier then let's not be let's we not always be been a bit geeky. Silly very rude um I uh, <laughs> technically
2: minded she means suggesting that I am
0: now yeah unbelievable um I um I uh, yes is the answer just yes
1: flirting with you
0: <laughs> yeah oh yeah it's definitely it's definitely working Anita um I um <laughs> so it was one of these things where I just realized that I needed a business and I needed something that would would pay me consistently and i didn't ultimately i I fell out of love with it a lot as well like i fell out of love with going around with you know a deck of cards around a uh, a corporate gig and performing for drunk people i just couldn't be bothered with it anymore i just think you guys are assholes a lot of you like i just it was it was fun a lot of it was really fun i got to perform at like virtually every big hotel in london i've done a gig at at some point and like it's quite fun now walking around london going oh yeah i remember that gig but most of it was was quite um yeah just just not very fulfilling anymore and I just got to a point where I was uh yeah really done with it and couldn't and and also I wasn't inventing anything new I wasn't coming up with new material I wasn't I was just putting out the same old stuff and I was like well that's the point where you're like well you're dead now you're you're not it's like a business businesses don't don't ever go along a plateau businesses don't do that ever and the same is true with performers you either get better and better or you slowly decline there is no such thing as a business plateauing. You're either growing or you're not.
2: I'm kidding, you not. Anywhere there's magician, they pick pick on me.
0: Oh, I don't know. What's the polite answer to that? Um, the Well, no, I don't know is the honest you answer. Know, I'll never maybe- ask
2: you, how, you ma- how your magic works. So I just think, great, magic, brilliant. <laughs> Not like Anita who will go, how do you do that then? Maybe you're.
0: Maybe it it's because you you're... You do
2: such a great impression of me, Anna. Yeah. <laughs> <I know. laughs>
0: Amazing that you're still in business with each other, really, <laughs> after that. It's the, um, this is the end of the podcast.
2: It's like the Spice Girls. They hobbled on for ages, didn't they, for the money?
0: <laughs> the Get Savvy Club <laughs> hobbling on for the money. <laughs> Doesn't oh, quite yeah, work, you do doesn't that it. as a jingle for us. Yeah, exactly. This podcast episode. You're listening to Get Savvy Club. <laughs> We're just here for the cash. Um, <laughs> they might pick you because you're maybe quite gregarious socially, or maybe you're like you're somebody. The thing is, what you try and do is you try and go for the people. Who are going to emote the most when you do something amazing? Which is also why you use testimonials in ads. Incidentally, yeah. is that you want everyone else to going kind to of be as excited about your product as that person in the advert is, and you want them, the person who's looking at the ads, to go, "I want to be that person." That's the, they sound like they've got their life made up as a result of you know the Get Savvy Club. So, so I'm going to go and buy into whatever they've bought into.
1: That's what I love about marketing is the psychology of it. It's yeah. just about it's like a puzzle, isn't it? What's good? What words can you put together with what image that's going to make someone interested in what you do and you can have the same product shit words same product great words and you know someone will be interested that's it's that's what it's about isn't it
0: yeah. And it's like, it's, it's what's known as a thumb stopping moment. Like I've got a, a friend who I work with in marketing quite a lot, talks about thumb stopping moments um, Kelly Teasdale. And she, which talks about that a lot about the idea that you're trying to constantly stop people doing that scroll. So they're constantly, they've got their phones and they're scrolling through. You've got to make them stop doing that action for a second and yeah. pick out something that's going to make them go, oh, that's really funny or really clever or really whatever. And actually looking like inspiration wise, there's a few resources that you can use to make your ads better. One really simple one is look at the either TikTok or look at the reels on Instagram because they're short and punchy. They usually have to be engaging in some way. There's also a principle that's used in comedy quite a lot, which is known as a pullback and reveal. A pullback and reveal joke is where you tell a little bit of a detail of something and then you don't explain the context, then you put the context in and it's suddenly much funnier. So there are lots of examples of, of jokes like that. I'm trying to think of one now, but there's lots of examples of jokes like that where there's a twist or something funny at the end um, or, or that the kind of the context of it is, is different. So like Gary Delaney is a classic example where he says, um, I've, uh, my, my grief counsellor died last week. Fortunately, he was so good, I didn't give a shit. Like it's, it's that <laughs> thing of like, it's a silly one-liner, but you know, or um, I filled up the escort she died uh it's that sort of my
1: mother-in-law please
0: yeah exactly yeah so there's (laughs) there's lots of those kinds of of jokes where some of them are a bit near the knuckle but there's a lot of those where they're it's it's about kind of doing the twist at the end that's the thing that makes people laugh and it's that whole thing of of doing the same thing on TikTok or the same thing on reels where often so a, a classic example is when artists are painting something they'll often film very close to the page they'll, they'll film the individual brush strokes or they'll film like the the drawing of a detail And you'll be thinking, I wonder what this is going to become. And of course, you're going to continue watching until you see what the reveal is at the end when they pull back and you see it's a photo or a drawing of whatever. That same principle is a really good thing to use in in advertising. Anything that keeps people watching, you have to use like Think of it as a principle. You're not going to use the same uh, content necessarily, but there's lots of trends and things that happen on TikTok and, and on Reels which will really give you an insight into that's the psychology I need to stop people scrolling, to get them to pay attention, which from there means then you've got to have the right message for your business. And then it's all the stuff we've talked about already, but that thumb stopping bit is almost part of the most important part of it because without that, you don't have an opportunity to do anything else. You have to mm-hmm. stop them scrolling and you have to pull them up and you have to make them look at it and go, that's for me. And also for people who, who it's not for, for them to discount it almost yeah. as quickly.
2: You need to get rid of them fast, don't you?
0: Yeah, quick, because otherwise you don't want them clicking through because then, you know, your click through rate might be amazing on the ads, which is great because then it's very likely that you'll be given a lower cost per click because Facebook will want to put your stuff out there more because it's getting lots of engagement. That's great. But if it doesn't do the next stage or it's the wrong group of people, forget it. You've just spent loads of money on nothing.
1: But that's the fun bit as well, because um, digital marketing is so quick to respond and give you some results that you can try lots of new stuff so you know back in my day when we we're doing direct mail it'd be six months yeah. before you go well that was shit <laughs> let's yeah, change yeah, yeah. it let's try a new creative <laughs> a yeah. facebook that's five minutes isn't it and a post and what have you
0: yeah that's well the fun there's a bit about it yeah there is i mean it depends whether we talking about organic or paid stuff with the organic stuff yeah within 24 hours it's very clear whether that thing worked or not but also, you know, did it resonate with that particular audience? Maybe it was the right message, but the wrong audience and, you know, vice versa. But with advertising, I generally let it run for a little while before we make any decisions. So depending on your budget, like let's say you're spending, you know, a five or a tenner a day, you should ideally be spending a bit more than that. But like if you're spending a tenner a day, let's, let's start there. You would you know, you'd get to see within a few days, you'd see, you'd probably get in front of somewhere between five and 10,000 people, generally around the 8,000 reach mark. So there's a a metric in Facebook, which is the reach. When that hits about eight to 9,000, that's when I'm gonna start to make decisions about whether that particular ad did well. But I might also be running it as part of a split test. So it might be, you know, what's known as A-B testing, where you can have two different versions of an ad, send half your traffic to one, half your traffic to the other and see which one performs better, which is a great way to test your copy. It's also a good way, incidentally, to test your like book covers, to test your uh, sales pages. Like Tim Ferriss, famously of the 4-Hour Work Week, he actually ran ads not in Facebook, but ran ads through Google. In order to find the uh, cover and the title of the cover that people most liked, so he ran the four-hour work week. He also ran uh, drug dealing for fun and profit. He also ran several other titles of the book because the, the 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 drug dealing one was a, the name of a talk that he used to give at a university that he used to be used to go to, and they kind of hired him to do this talk about setting up a business. And he was he had a, a supplement business, I think, at the time. That's the thing that made him his four-hour work week. Wow so that was the kind of the drug dealing pun within that and uh, he realized that the four-hour work week was getting like vastly more clicks than anything else which is why that's now called the four-hour work week so Great idea you, you can, it's a really smart idea and like yeah. uh, you know it's market research and, and it's not the the problem i find with a lot of things that people do is that they'll they'll you know and maybe this happens in your group it certainly happens in lots of you know social media dr- groups and lots of advertising groups where someone posts a uh, Uh, An image or posts something and says, "What do you think of this? Do you think this will work?" And it's the worst thing to do because you're just going to get lots of opinions that aren't data. We now, unfortunately, live in a world where opinions and data seem to be given the same amount of credence. And and it's true politically. It's true for a number of of reasons. But you know, we we live in a world where people uh, are are counting opinions like they're facts. And they're not, unfortunately. Yeah. You know, the, multi- the the multiple of of opinion isn't data. Uh, so it's yeah, that's the thing that you kind of need to to sort of test without, almost without talking about it. Just put it out there and see what what people really click on, because yeah. they might all click on something that they would say they wouldn't click on, but they all did.
2: There's been times when you put Facebook ads out for us, and I've gone, "What? Yeah, what, don't like." But then after, but we have to think that's nothing. It's not out, it's not up to us. Do you your know what I mean? We're, we're, we're testing like, something, it's not. It's I not keep bad. telling her that.
1: <laughs> <You are. laughs> no, I don't totally mean like that. What you think is not necessarily what is. When I used to present creative to people and they'd say, I don't like it, that's the worst feedback you can get because would be like, Yeah, I don't want you to wallpaper your lounge with it. It's not like right whether you like <laughs> it. Does it meet its objective and will exactly. it do the job? That's what matters. We don't have to personally like our own
0: marketing. Mm. Yeah, as long as it sticks. Like, every company's got, and I don't want anyone listening to think, oh, well, you know, ads companies or, you know, ads agencies just going to do whatever the hell they like. We're not. Mm. We're there. We've got a brand set of brand guidelines. And actually, again, this is another thing we should have said earlier, but this is a really good thing that you should you should have or you should do as a, a business is have a really clear idea of what your brand is and what it looks like and how it should be represented online if you can give that to a company you'll never ever see an ad that doesn't fit that brand guidelines yes it might be something a bit uh left field a bit you know unusual maybe you didn't think of it maybe you wouldn't like it maybe you wouldn't mm. click it I mean, you say you wouldn't but you know like wh- whether that's true or not is kind of irrelevant because as long as it sticks to the brand guidelines and looks like your business and as long as the ad looks like the page which is i think known as ad sent as long as that matches then you're in a position where you can run pretty much any type of creative get really creative with it and find out what it is that people really really go for and i'll give you a quick few tips Uh, one of them in particular is that stories are a big thing because we're all human and humans love a story we love what's called an open loop so i don't know if you've come across this term before but it's used a lot in screenwriting so what like have, have either of you watched anything like recently like a series that you've really loved yeah what was it uh
1: this is us oh, I've been watching psychological psychological drama. Yeah.
0: Drama this is was us on TV yeah. last week what? you
1: watch what anita it was not psychological drama about the woman that um drove her kids off the um bridge
0: blimey it was on last kids.
1: week a three-parter
0: okay well regardless like, whether it's this is us or that they both they're both good examples because there is a, a certain amount of tension that's created in those which needs to be resolved in the mind of the viewer otherwise the viewer gets very uncomfortable and that that feeling of discomfort helps to make you watch the next episode. So, like, I was watching The Fall, which is a, a, it's a thing from a while ago, but i would never oh, seen yeah. it. It's good. It's no, no spoilers. I don't want to hear spoilers. I've not, not finished it yet. I don't want to hear. If you've, if you've watched the whole thing, don't tell me. The, the fact is, right, when you have one of those series, the reason why you go back and watch it again and again is because of a thing called an open loop. And open and closed loops is what screenplays are made up of. So an open loop happens when a story begins and you start to introduce two characters and you explain the story of those characters. So it might be a romantic plot line of will they, won't they? It might be a will the guy save the world or will the girl save the world in time? Or, uh, you know, is there going to be conflict between these two people? Or is that going to get resolved? And they get that happens at different times. Like the classic example is EastEnders, right? If you get what's known in in acting, what's known as the duff duff line, it means you get the line at the end of EastEnders where, you know, what do you mean he's not my baby? That's the duff duff. So if you get that line, you're opening a loop and you're not closing it in the same episode. So the loop now is is it is it his baby or not his baby at which point you you don't know until you tune into the next episode so that's why you know you end up binging box sets because the next one is just there and it's doing the countdown you're like no nah, might as well and now it's three o'clock in the morning but it's it's that same principle and you can use the same thing in your marketing you can open a loop in your ad where you explain something and you explain there's going to be a solution to it but you don't provide the solution and then they get to the page, the loop is being continued because you're still telling that same story and now you're expanding on it. So now the, the kind of the story arc is getting bigger and it's kind of happening more. And then you only complete the loop and close it when they've actually got the download, which requires them to enter their name and email. That's an open and closed loop sequence but you can do those through our email marketing you can say i've got this really cool thing i want to explain to you but i haven't got time to do it in this email so i'll do it tomorrow mm-hmm. or put something in the ps that makes them want to tune into the next email those are all things that will help people to to you know get involved in your world and also to feel closer to it because they feel invested that's why we watch these things and why we we're so into those open and closed loops and why movies work and all of those like watch like a series like 24 i know this is an old reference but like a series like 24 where you know something happens And, you know, it's a will he save the president and will that terrorist succeed and will they get together as a couple? And will they, you know, will this guy who's trying to stop him get in the way and blah, 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 all those different things. And those loops will get closed at different times and other loops get opened as a result of those first loops. So it can get very complicated. But with an ad, it can be quite simple. You can literally just open a loop and then not close it until they've done the action you want them to do. And it will make them feel discomfort because, Especially if you're doing and this is only like, don't use this for, you know, shady stuff. Like use this because you're genuinely going to help someone, but whatever it is that genuinely helps them out you you have to sort of almost hold it back a bit and only give them the the resolution and the feeling of oh i've got that thing that i need now when they've actually bought the thing from you that's
1: why you'll always attract your ideal client as well because they're the yeah. ones interested in closing that loop and having that solution whereas yeah. if it's not if it's not for you they'll just keep scrolling so it helps
0: to yeah and of- and do they have the urgency as well like are they are they in need of it now is it a, yeah. is it a nice to have versus a must have your your products and your offers should all be must haves They shouldn't be nice-to-haves because nice-to-haves don't really sell that much. Why? Because they're nice-to-have. I could have Mm -hmm. it if I want to, but I could also not have it if I want to. It's why launches work well, incidentally, because there is a closed loop. There's literally a closure of the cart where you can't get that thing anymore afterwards. And unfortunately, lots of people have ruined those by manipulating them and doing them badly. But, you know it's still a thing that exists, but your product itself should be, even if it's available all the time, should still be a must have. If it's not a must have, what are you selling it for? Because you're not going to sell as many and it's not going to be as successful.
1: One of the questions we always ask everybody is to recommend um, a book. So a business book or a developer book or something that you think is worth reading.
0: I've got one, which is awesome, which I read recently. It's my favorite book of the year so far. It's called Atomic Habits.
1: Oh yeah, I know. It's fabulous, isn't it?
0: Yeah, so good. So good. I'm on my second, I've had it on Audible. So it's my second listen through now with kind of notes as I'm, as I'm going through. Uh, Yeah, such a good book. And so my girlfriend's actually been doing a course where they referenced it as well, which is all about forming habits, like teaching people to form habits. She's a personal trainer. So One of the things that that she does is helps people to form the habit of exercising and the habit of working out. But to do that, you actually have to employ some of the stuff he talks about in that book, Uh, and it's remarkable. Such a good, such a. What's your
2: favourite tip from it?
0: My favourite, you know, one of my favourite ones that I told a friend recently, which she absolutely loved, was the idea of um, stacking habits. So, if you have a habit, like for example, when you're going to bed, let's say you want to have a, you've got a goal of reading more. And so you decide you want to read when you go to bed. So what you should do is you should stack that habit and also leave out, almost leave a clue for yourself that that's what you're going to do. So literally, it's as simple as putting your book on your pillow when you get up in the morning. So you get up, you make your bed, you put the book on the pillow. When you come back to the bed that night, you've stacked the habit together. You're going to get into the bed anyway because we're all going to do that at the end of the day. And then the book is there. So it makes that that habit much easier to do. And you can do this with anything, anything that you want to do. You can also do it to to un- uh, stack a habit almost if you like by making it harder for yourself to do the particular thing so like I've got apps on my phone for example that prevent me from going on so certain like uh, apps for example like nothing shady don't worry I know what you're thinking <laughs> but, uh, but like you know apps like that where you know I there is a temptation to just be a part of it and go and oh, I just gonna have a quick look at that and then suddenly yeah. you've wasted half an hour yeah. I, I, you, you actually just just lock yourself out of it until 6 p.m or whatever time and then it all comes back on again And also with your phone going dark, like my phone goes to black and white mode at 10.30 every night. By making your phone black and white on the screen, it makes it really boring. And all those those triggers that... All those triggers that the social media companies use to get you to pay attention, which is the colors they use. It's the reason why red is used so much, especially on notifications, like on WhatsApp, the the notification little circle thing is red on Facebook. It's red. There's a reason. It's because red is something that denotes either danger or action that needs to be taken uh, Mm -hmm. or both so as a result the human brain reacts to red in a way that doesn't react to anything else but if you make your screen black and white you don't see that so therefore you don't see the same you don't have the same triggers and it doesn't uh, and also the blue light gets completely cut off as well because if it's black and white there is no blue light well, you'll have to show
2: us how you do that then we're just going to set normal settings on setting.
0: yeah well i've got a thing that automatically does it now but it's on a i've got a samsung phone that automatically does it but um it's but it only automatically does it when you set it up it's like a what's it called an accessibility tool i think mm. and in most, most phones... have got like an accessibility setting where you can set it to to go dark at a certain point or go black and white and it just cuts the phone from being from being in charge of you ultimately so you know and actually what's interesting is now i don't need to know i don't need to know that i'm blocked from going on certain like like youtube for example during the day because i am my phone doesn't do that um or netflix or whatever else like because the temptation is oh i'm just gonna you know grab some lunch i'll just put something on while i make some lunch and then you, you're in the middle of an hour series, and suddenly you know you've got Dangerous. you've lost 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's a stupid thing because you know you should be doing stuff that's you know exciting all the time workwise. But we all have to do admin stuff that's dull, and the temptation mm-hmm. is, I'll oh, just put something on in the background, and it just kills your productivity as a result. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's by cutting those things off, um, you you actually train yourself out of it. And again, that's a habit forming thing or a habit breaking thing technically. By making it hard i could easily go into the settings of the app like it's not parental controls my dad doesn't have the password like i could go into <laughs> the app now i could stop the app from blocking all the other apps and i could just go and watch all the other stuff but it's such a pain in the ass to do it i'm not mm-hmm. going to do it as much yeah. and also i feel bad in myself that i yes. couldn't and
1: you're
2: right you set it up for your future self haven't you you've gained exactly. your, yourself yeah yeah
0: yeah. So then I look at it and go, you're better than this. You're, and also, do you know what I find? There's, there's one thing in the book. I talk about this all day. There's one thing in the book specifically that I love. And it it completely changed my attitude to habit forming because up to relatively recently, I've always thought of discipline and habit forming and all that other stuff as being, oh God, it's so dull. It's so boring. And I want to do something fun and exciting. My inner teenager comes out, and I don't look like a teenager anymore, but my inner teenager comes out and just wants to stay up all night and Mm. wants to go do cool things and wants to, and it can't, right? Realistically, you can't run a business doing that. So I don't mean, unless you work in the nightclub industry and even then, it's it's one of those things where I, I found it fascinating when he said, It's not about changing a habit; it's about changing your identity, and it's that thing of saying, um, you know, I'm the sort of person who, or I'm not the sort of person Mm -hmm. who. That's the thing he talks about in the book of your identity. Um, I'm not the sort of person who eats meat. I'm not the sort of person Um, who eats fish. I'm not the sort of person who eats the secretions of animals because um, I don't need like I'm not someone who values uh, their their life less than the value of the taste I get. Like I think I, I don't value my taste buds more than their life is what I'm trying to say. So. I'm not that sort of person. And suddenly, as soon as you say that, there are certain things in your brain that are like, it's what's known as a click were response. And that comes from a book called um, Influence by Robert Cialdini, which again, is a very short book. It's brilliant. It was written in like 1960 something, I think, maybe even the fifties, but it's still an absolutely brilliant book for marketing your business because it talks about how you create responses in people and how it actually talks about the marketing world more broadly and how they're using things like you know 50% extra free or any of those sort of offers that you see around or like why, there's, uh, why is there chocolate and chewing gum and magazines next to every checkout and all those sorts of things. And we all know why they're there, but he talks about the psychology of why they're there. And it's a little bit like the kind of the more modern version would be Malcolm Gladwell, who talks about some of the psychology of that and like why is there 50 different varieties of pasta sauce. Um, there, there's a really good reason for it, but if you watch his Ted talk, you'll, you'll see why it is, but you know, that click were response is literally the tape in your head It's This is back in the day when there were tapes. Sorry, kids. You know, he talks about the fact that when you get into a certain situation, your brain goes into a click where response. So if you go into a pub, what's the obvious response? You've seen the stimulus you've, you know, you smell the, the smell of whatever it is, and you go for whatever it is that you want to drink on a regular basis, because that's your drink. That's your regular thing. Well, getting away from that habit or changing that instead of walking into a pub and not ordering an alcoholic drink is not only cutting off your click response but it, it kicks in loads of other people's click response which is then trying to defend themselves where yeah. they say oh, yeah. well, why are you drinking?" I come on because it goes against their their natural way of being so if
2: our listeners are interested in booking you to be a (laughs) mean or want to know a bit more about facebook ads where can they find you
0: the website is clicksmartdigital.com so you can go and head over to clicksmartdigital and uh, that's my website you'll find out a bit more there you'll see a uh, video of me and my shiny head on the front page where i'll explain a bit about what we do and then guide you through and actually talking about journeys that website literally is built to take you on a quick journey through to a page that is relevant to you and then to get you to take an action so if you want to see that in in practice it is there for all to see so yeah click smartdigital.com if you're enjoying marketing made easy the podcast from get savvy club use your podcast app to rate review and subscribe
2: awesome so that was a fantastic actually Favorite episode of Anita's Marketing Made Easy from the Get Savvy Club episode. So, if you're a little unsure about Facebook ads, if you thought, "Oh, we just press boost and go for it," or I've pressed boost before and it didn't work, now hopefully you'll have a little bit more of an insight and understanding as to why that was the case and what you can do to to start taking steps towards thinking about getting around to using Facebook ads or actually. If you're using Facebook ads, using them slightly differently um, with a more of a marketing hat on to make sure that they're actually working because we don't want your marketing to fail. We want you to soar and fly. And um, yeah, so if you get these things right and you think about the marketing as a whole, like we always say, get it done. If no one's going to buy it from you organically then doesn't matter how much money you put behind marketing, it won't work either, it'll just fail faster.
1: If you want to win the book, don't forget, if you want to win the book, Atomic Habits, which is well worth it, if you don't win it, buy it and read it anyway, because it's definitely worth it, then don't forget to rate and review us, take a screenshot and tag us on social media and we'll pull someone out of a hat and send you the book. Do you know what? I've got a confession to make. I've never read that book, you know. We
2: always, you? I've just never got around to actually listening to it so I think I will do because it keeps coming up all the time but yeah I'll probably be like yeah I've heard that already I know that from that podcast guest I know that but that's just a interesting fact there cool well we'll see you all on <laughs> you say
1: interesting
2: <laughs> yeah. yep in my world that's an interesting fact
1: <laughs> anyway
2: <laughs> an interesting confessional fact so we'll see you a great all on day. Thursday for a quickie, obviously. And then we'll see you next week for another amazing guest one. See you soon. Bye. Bye.
0: That was Marketing Made Easy, the podcast from Get Savvy Club. If you enjoyed it, join our Facebook group. Just search Get Savvy Club.